Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the Utah Man Podcast. Bringing you the latest news and analysis for your Utah Utes. Now your hosts, Cameron, Ryan, and Scott. Welcome on into the Utah Man Podcast. On this episode, Utes fall short to the Gators down in Gainesville. And we're looking ahead to Utah versus Southern Utah, Southern Utah University. I got that name right. I don't even know anymore. Oh, it's not Utah Tech? <laughs> that's the other one, I think. Oh, that's, Di- that's the old Dixie. Okay. I'm Cameron. And we got Scott. What is up? And Ryan is... He's like the youth. He's stranded somewhere. <laughs> He's slow to arrive. Just like Utah's defense. Oh, uh, hopefully we'll get Ryan on before uh, we wrap up this episode. So the youths fall to the Gators 29 to 26 and heartbreaking. Oh. Exactly how I felt Saturday after that pick. Oh man, I just can't get over it. That was such a frustrating loss. It was there. It was there for the taking. Not only, I mean, they should have won by two scores, guys. It really shouldn't should have been not that close. have come down to that. I mean, two trips in the into the red zone on the six within the six yard line and you come out with zero points. You're not gonna win ball games doing that, especially against an SEC team. On the road. I mean, it's just dumb mistakes and it, it obviously we'll jump into it and kind of go through it all, but I mean the 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 thing about it, there were some really good things in that game. The offense did some really good things and the defense had their moments. They 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 looked good in moments and they looked really bad in moments. So just some inconsistencies across the board, but this close, this close to coming out of Gainesville with the W, which would have been game changer. I think that's like the thing that sucks the most. I mean, not only is Utah losing, but now it's the whole narrative of the Pac-12 can't beat other P5 teams. And it's like Utah had all that weight on their shoulders, not only for their program, but for the conference with you know, everyone's talking playoffs for them, and I know those are that's still in reach. It's not the door isn't shut on that completely, but man, just I just felt like the weight of the world on that program after the game. And and the problem is that narrative's not going anywhere until those games start going in the Pac-12's favor and consistently. Yeah, and I mean at this point, the Pac-12 could be done before <laughs> that narrative ever changes. So. Uh, yeah, unfortunate. A great opportunity um, with so many eyes on the Utes. Like you mentioned, so much um, kind of pressure and expectations. And one pass away from completely changing that narrative, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Utah falls to uh, 13 in the polls. Florida goes from unranked up to 12th, <laughs> Yeah, which I, I have no problem with them being ranked ahead of us. They just beat us, right? Mm-hmm. But that is quite a jump for any program to go from unranked to top 15. But I think that also shows a lot of respect for Utah, right? And people realizing around the country, hey, that was a quality win from Florida. Florida looked better than advertised, better than people expected. And so I think that jump for, uh, with Florida speaks a lot to Utah and how good of an opponent. I mean, I'm watching Sports Center last night. Scott Van Pelt says, hey, my mind hasn't changed on Utah. They're still a good team. They're still an elite team, and they're still going to have a chance for the playoff. And so that is the narrative. I know we're all bummed, you know, us Ute fans who follow the team so closely and live and die on everything. There is still a chance for that playoff. It's going to be tough now. But I think uh I think if anything the Utes have maybe woken up a little bit. Yeah. Well, and I think the the biggest thing 
the takeaway from it as a Utah fan is this is not losing to San Diego State. This is not losing to the team down south like what Utah did last year. This is losing by three points to a blue blood program, nationally respected. And like what you're just pointing out, Scott, to go from unranked and jump everybody up to 12. I this, It's not doom and gloom. And I kind of got a lot of that from Utah fans uh, on social media after the game. It sucked. I know it wasn't fun, but the sky is not falling. There's no. still a lot to play for. Still, everything that Utah wants in front of them is still achievable. Oh, very much so. I think, but I think where you fans are coming from is it's so easy to look through that game and pick out one, two, three, four, five things if they just went in our in our direction. They went our way. The game's completely different. I I know two things just off the top of my head, and I'm sure we're going to talk about it. Tavion Thomas falling on the goal line, can, can, and, and then the pick. Can I rescind my Tavion Thomas um, breakout player of the year award last year? <laughs> For last year, I'll take it off your hands. I'll I'll, I'll claim it. I'll claim it. All right. No, let's not put that in there. Let's jump into this this game. Looking at the offense. Uh, okay. Cam Rising throws the pick. We all know it. The pick heard around the world. Cam, first half, a little questionable. Not a little. He was woof. I mean, he was not good. He was not accurate in that first half. I mean, even even his his touchdown pass to Keithy looked weird. It's like he had this weird release. I mean, people were speculating on Twitter. Is the ball really wet? Is it sticking to his fingers? What's the deal? Because it just he just had this look about him where it's like the ball wouldn't come out of his hand and it just kept causing it to go low or behind the, the receiver. And even that pass to Keithy for that uh, went for the first score of the game, not great, but uh, he had guys open early, early on in that game. One on third down that would have led to a first down, just completely throws it behind the wide receiver. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I started wondering, is, is he injured? Is the shoulder, you know, he took some hits in that game mm-hmm. and I thought, oh my gosh, is the shoulder not, did he just ding it? Is something wrong here? Uh, Cause he did not look himself. Obviously that changed in the second half. He looked a lot better, but still don't know what was going on early there. No. And I know it's very easy for us to come onto a podcast, you know, two days after the game you know, two or three games after the game and kind of nitpick after seeing highlights. You know, we record the games, we go back and and, and watch it. Uh, But even the second half, as much praise I want to give Rising, you know, he he did miss a couple guys. Like Bailey was wide open in the end zone on that first play at the end of the game. And this is things like that that kind of hit you in the gut. But Rising full credit, marching the team down to the goal line to set up their opportunity to win the game uh, speaks volumes to him. And not a lot of players in college football with a minute 30 can go in the swamp and march down. So, I, mean, I mean, he essentially did it in a minute because they had 28 seconds yeah, left on the point. clock when he threw the pick, right, on that snap. First first and goal at the sixth, 28 seconds left. And that was impressive. Now, they, granted, they did waste two, 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 they did waste two timeouts on that drive and and some of those were just little play calls where I'm like what are we doing here right you're you're throwing a little uh just a little yeah at that point you just got to throw the ball away and kill the clock yeah right? i mean because you're just wasting a timeout mm-hmm. and those timeouts could have been valuable at first and goal on the 6 where you could potentially run the ball and spread them out run it and see if you can catch them catch them napping i know the announcers were talking about that to quite a bit but it did just surprise me um, because the one thing Cam could not do in that situation, throw an interception. It. Oh, throw it off the, throw it off, throw it into the fans, throw it anywhere. Just do not let Florida catch it. And I mean, at the very least, if he throws it away, it's not there. You've got third down. Third down doesn't work. Okay, you got a chip shot field goal from Noise, who looked pretty dang good. Yes, he did. Throughout that game. And and then you're going, worst case scenario, you're going to overtime. So just 
I'm not sure what Rising saw, and and because he was he was he dead. stared he stared yes uh, Kincaid down on that, and you can't do that at this level, and especially an opponent like Florida is you can't stare your receiver down, and that's exactly what he did. Well, there there there's an angle from from the back of the end zone directly line of sight for Cam, and as soon as he snaps it, he he looks right there. And obviously the the linebackers read his eyes and and jumped that route and 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 they made a uh, made a great play. When it happened oh, yeah. live, I just thought, okay, please, hopefully he dropped that and they didn't <laughs> catch it. Let's see a replay. Of course, ESPN never gave us a replay nope. because ESPN wanted everything to happen in Gator favor throughout that game, which was interesting. But with that being said, again, a lot of positives. Mm-hmm. Great drive, get yourself in that position. I to me, it was just it was so uncharacteristic of of rising in that situation to th- make that pass because if you remember three plays earlier, almost threw a pick too to a, to the linebacker who dropped it. You know, so it was just uh, I, I'm not quite sure he looked so good in moments and just shaking. Well, and then I was kind of thinking about that. Has Cam been in that situation before at Utah? Like I can't, I couldn't remember a game. Maybe we should have brought Barnes in. Barnes proved he could do it <laughs> in, in the, the Rose, Rose Bowl. Bowl. Yeah, let's bring in Barnes for that situation. <laughs> you know, again, not trying to knock on on Cam because he played a heck of a game. Twenty two, twenty two completions on thirty two attempts, two hundred sixteen yards, and, and the touchdown. Uh, and really, you know, as we were saying, led that led that offense on that final drive and set the team to to be able to even have a chance at winning at the at the end. So it looks like Ryan's flight finally made it in. <laughs> I was stranded with the players and coaches. <laughs> Ryan, now everyone wants to know, did Wit abandon the team? <laughs> no, I saw him in the airport. He was there. <laughs> I should say BYU fans want to know if he abandoned them. Of course they do. Good to have you here, Ryan. It's good to be here. Sorry I'm joining late. Uh, so now looking at the the rushing attack for Utah, Tevian Thomas led the way, 23 attempts for 115 yards, uh, one TD for him, and one costly fumble. <laughs> oh, and and just like we all predicted, Chris Curry as his backup <laughs> with the second most attempts of the night. Yeah, I don't I think any so any of us saw that no, happening. Definitely did not see that coming. Um, he and nothing was, from Glover. No, I I was surprised Glover didn't play. But I, w- I was kind of pleasantly surprised at the way Curry ran the ball. When he ran it last year, he didn't do much, but he picked up I mean, a couple of first downs. No, he did. I mean, he only averaged 2.6 yards per carry. Um, but, I mean, yeah, he, he, he had some good runs. And the fact that the coaches obviously thought highly enough to put him in in that situation and that early in the game. Um, I mean, he got more, more rush- rushing attempts than Bernard. And like we said, nothing from Jalen Glover, which really kind of surprised yeah, me a little bit. But, I mean, Tavion, yeah, nothing. I mean, again, we didn't get much from the run game and, and from anybody in that first half until, uh, you know, a little change was made. And they came out in the second half and just just kind of the O-line dominated that second half. Oh, yeah. Both in the run game and pass protection. Which which is good to see, you know. Obviously, that was such a concern for all Ute fans after the start of last year. Are these guys going to take a month to get ready to play? <laughs> well, in the first half, I think there was some question mark because there the few times they ran it, it wasn't great success. It was just it was everything was bottled up and they couldn't couldn't break through. But yeah, the second half, um, they did their thing and and really took over the game. Well, in part because uh, Lumea slides out to right tackle. And they bring in Mokafisi. And bring in Mokafisi. And then they ran behind Mokafisi a lot in that second half, which is interesting. Mokafisi was not, I mean, he was a walk-on. And 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 now he's in the starting lineup, it looks like. Didn't Lumea get hurt towards the end of the game? I don't know. Did he? Well, there was. he was down on one knee. He might have just kind of just praying. Cramped. Uh, maybe that's what he's just praying. There's <laughs> just Tebowing in Gator <laughs> Stadium. Maybe they, they could use a little bit more of those at the end of the game. <laughs> uh, but going back to the running backs, so Tavion, 
trips on nothing. Could have walked in the end zone oh, behind geez, Ryan's boy. <laughs> Completely blew up that side. There was nobody in front of him. I mean, he would have waltzed in. But he... then he totally made up for it on fourth down by fumbling. <laughs> and then typical Tavion fashion. Oh, that's frustrating, man. Uh... I think that, that is the frustrating part because last year, you know, Utah, it seems like the last couple of years, Utah struggled in the red zone. And when I don't think it's the last couple of years, I think it's the last couple of decades. Okay. <laughs> and it seemed like last year, Tavion really well. Okay, l- before we go, last year was not that bad in the red zone. They were actually because, pretty good. I last think year. because of Thomas. It, Thomas, yeah. Once Thomas was, caught was his stride. a great band aid over the red zone woes of the Utah offense. He he he. he Again, like what? Game three, game four, he kind of caught his stride. You know, stopped fun- fumbling the ball. And yeah, I mean, obviously he was third in, in FBS in touchdown scored last year in 21, a Utah well, record. That's because every time they went in the red zone, they could give him the ball and he could punch it in. Right. But and I that's st- what they were missing I on still, Saturday night. But I still think there's this, I don't know if it's stigma is the right word, but there's this thing that for several years when it's Third and short or fourth and short, we struggle to pick it up sometimes. A, a lot of times. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know if it's a combination of, you know, play calling. Either we're too exotic or we're too vanilla and we do exactly what the defense ex- expects us to do. Or if it's just a, a lack of execution in, the, in those situations. But from a team that prides itself on running the ball, who's consistently at the top of the league... As far as rushing the football, it is crazy to me how often we get stuffed on third down and short and fourth down and short. Yeah, look, yeah. over 200 yards rushing as a team. and then, 233. But you can't punch it in from the one-yard line. Well, technically, Rising did. <laughs> <laughs> and the Pac-12 officials, shocker, missed it. Kyle Whittingham missed it. Whoever's upstairs that's supposed to radio down to Kyle and say, hey, looks like he scored, challenge it, should be fired. <laughs> I mean, because it was pretty clear live that he got in. And you see every replay from all these angles. His knee was not down. He's, no. He crossed the plane. He did. My My only argument to that is... Would they have overturned it? I don't know. At least they would have been reviewed, and we would have said, okay, there wasn't enough there to turn it, so it is what it is. And it gives you a little bit more time before fourth down. Maybe maybe if you if it's essentially another timeout while they're reviewing, you get another timeout. Maybe maybe they change up the play call. You know who knows who knows if anything changes. Maybe they run the play that that two point conversion was. Oh, that was awful. Gosh, can we just say (laughs) why? It's good it was fumbled because (laughs) he would have gone blown up. He would have gotten blown (laughs) the up. I don't get why Lugwood likes to get so cute in those situations. I I I I was speechless when I saw it. I was like, "What on earth is? What are we doing?" <laughs> I wonder if I kind of wonder if it was like a a read option for Bernard. No, no. I, no. As soon as he as soon as he got it, he it was shuffling it forward. Because <laughs> I mean, if Bernard keeps it, Keithy's there for that block. <laughs> yeah, it was. Okay, so now since we're talking two-point conversion. Controversy. Did you like it? I did. Every decision Kyle made in that game, I 100% liked. I liked when they kicked the field goals. I liked being aggressive on the fourth down. I liked going for two. The one didn't do you any good. Oh, yes, it would have at the end of the game. A field goal wins you the game. But maybe Florida goes for two. Maybe. And so you're still maybe you uh, stop so you're it. still up by three. Maybe you stop it though. There's all these what ifs. Oh, there's that's there's, what there's a that's, million that's what ifs. What I don't in this think game. you can say because they went for two. No, but the, the whole point get it, is that's that what was, caused them. That was so early in the second half to go for two. It was like, late I, in the I, third. But. I I get 
I get his reasoning, right? I get it. Let's get let's get up a full touchdown. Oh, I totally understand why he did it. I and I don't think, necessarily I think it was no. early. I don't necessarily agree what, with they the scored, decision. They scored and went up by five at that point, right? Yep. And so and you did kick not... the PAT and you go up six. Again, what but does that you still that have doesn't that do for you. You're still only you're still only in the third quarter. It, but it does. <laughs> Look, I, the game look, plays you're, out. You're, the game can play out completely differently. You're wrong here, Cam. No, you just have to accept it. <laughs> no, I'm just. I I think for one, usually I'm the more conservative, conservative one, and would have kicked. But I actually liked that situation. What if the defense makes a play? No one even talks about that decision, right? The defense stops them from marching down and scoring a touchdown to go up by three. Oh yeah, well, we're going to get to the defense for sure. I'm just, I'm just saying. Did you like the call? You liked it. I, I don't. I didn't. Ryan's on the fence. No, as no, always no. I, I like, <laughs> not gonna, Ryan's not going to give you an I answer. I didn't disagree with the call. <laughs> I told you. No, I, I said I didn't disagree with it. How is that sitting on the fence? Because you're going to say I didn't disagree with it, but I disagreed but... with the play call, <laughs> kids. Settle down over there. Okay, so you didn't. I don't know. I agree with you. I didn't like the play call. The, what got you into that position was was big boy football. You ran the ball down their throat, and then you get tricky on the three yards. Yeah. So just to clarify, you didn't like the quadruple reverse. <laughs> I didn't like it. I'm raising my hand. No, the play call was awful. I in the in the moment, I I was thinking. Let's just kick the field goal. I know being up six is not a great position to be in. Trust me, I get that. But I just thought it was a little early in the game to be chasing the points because you still had a lot of game left. Let's see what happens, right? And I just didn't I didn't love it. But I do I mean, I've been critical of Wit not being aggressive, right? And so I do like the aggressive nature. We're on the road. We got to go for this. We've got to do it. So, you know, I, I, yeah, I can't be too critical of that, obviously. But uh, I, I just, in the moment, I thought, wait, wait, why are we doing this so soon? I also like the confidence that the coaching staff gives to the offense. Like, hey, you guys can go get this. And I think that builds their confidence. And I think after watching them go down the first possession and march down there, I'm unfortunately don't come up with a score then get the ball back and go down and score he, you're seeing that you're able to move the ball at will yeah. so why not yeah. tell your team go get those two points yards is not the 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 best barometer um as far as just you know effectiveness of an offense but over 400 yards of offense the majority of that came into the second half mm -hmm. right where every series they were moving the ball and I mean, I I think that goes to your point as far as giving the team confidence. I just, yeah, I don't know. Still not sold on that two point conversion that at that point. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things you can second guess about this. It, blowing a bunch of timeouts too. On 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 dumb play calls that don't get you any yardage yeah. and you, and you stay in bounds. Yeah, on that on that last drive, which we kind of alluded to, but you were late for. Um, yeah, we've already broken that down. <laughs> but no, I mean, I offensively, Keithy was Keithy was trying to win this game by himself. That guy can do whatever he wants to do. He can get open whenever he wants to get open. And I'll tell you, the pass was spot on. That seam pass he caught, but that catch was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. He said a career high for catches in that game. And, th and then he cramped, and I was like, please be a cramp. Please be a cramp. <laughs> I thought he tore his hamstring for <laughs> so a second. I. I know. I so I. But no, he, he was so good. But as good as he was, okay, and this goes back to the last play of the game. Florida knew it was going to a tight end. Yeah, you, and you go to the receiver, and he threw to the double you, covered one. You gotta get Kincaid was double covered. He was bracket covered all night long. Oh, there's like three guys right there on Kincaid. I swear it. And again, those are those are your strengths. So yes, you want to utilize your strength, but 
you have so many other weapons out there. You you and you've got to show that you've got mm-hmm. confidence in those guys. Solomon Enos has been in this program like ten years. All right, Vele, you know you can rely on Vele. Should we look at it? So Vele had three receptions. Solomon had two. Money Parks had one. Did you? Did Everything you s- else went to tight ends and a running and back and Bernard. Did you see the? I think it was the play. I think it was that first down when when Rising threw it out of the back of the end zone because he didn't have anybody. Yeah, that was a and, solo. And, and it? no, I, Vele, was, uh, wide Vele was wide open and he missed him. Rising was looking to the left side of the field and he was kind of over because he was staring down his tight yeah. ends. He, he lo- was wide open. Rising likes his tight ends, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, we're up against a break. Uh, I do want to talk about Bernard when we come back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're, ta- we're back. T- still talking about the offense from uh, Utah's loss to Florida. Bernard played a heck of a game, and I love Bernard out of the backfield, you know, catching the ball. We saw it in the Rose Bowl. Uh, they did it again this game with five receptions. But they need to kind of get the other backs blocking in, in pass protection because it seems like every time they would, were going to throw the ball, it was always Bernard in there. Because he's up the, the best run blocker. He is the best run blocker. And I'm not knocking him not for run it. Blocker, but or pass blocker. Pass blocker, it, yeah. It's going to get too predictable. <laughs> well, the announcer said as such on that last drive. You bring Bernard in, you know they're passing. Right? If you bring somebody else in, do you sneak? I mean, the, the fact that Tavion's our starting running back, but we don't trust him to, to block baffles me right mm-hmm. this dude came back to utah he forgo the the nfl draft last year to come back to utah dude if you can't block you're not going to the nfl period so that's why he came back <laughs> i mean yes they, they need to get a little more unpredictable as far as their personnel their sets yes and and that stuff's going to come. I mean, this is game one, right, where they're still probably trying to fill out some things and, and see kind of how everybody's fitting in. But see, I think you do that stuff against SUU. You don't do that stuff against Florida. Well, guess what? Florida was first on the schedule, <laughs> I know, Cam. but that's why you need to be prepared. And we talk- Can we flip-flop this, <laughs> these games? We want to test something first. <laughs> A mulligan. No, but I mean, you hear all these things out of fall camp that Utah – Went pretty light on contact. Because they wanted to keep everybody healthy. I get that to a point, but when your first game is Florida, you can't do that. I'm not arguing with you. Yes, just, you are. No, I'm not. <laughs> I, I'm stating why they did it. They wanted guys healthy, which makes sense, but we, we paid the price. We had guys healthy, and those healthy guys stunk <laughs> because they, they couldn't Tackle. get the job done. Oh, I can't wait till we get in the defense and tackling. <laughs> but to me, where it is, we know what we have in the tight ends. They're going to be special all year. But what did we say last week? You've These tight ends the are out. going to get all of the attention from the defense. Do you think USC is going to let Keithy go for nine catches and 100 plus? No, they're not going to let him. They're not going to let Kincaid. And they're going to say, one-on-one coverage for Vele. One-on-one coverage for Solomon Enos. We don't, we don't think you one guys One-on-one coverage for Jalen Dixon. Oh, wait. Not only do we not think you, these wideouts will beat us, we don't think they'll even throw to them. That's exactly what happened to Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game when Utah lost to Oregon. Right? They double-teamed the tight ends the entire game and forced Utah to go to their wideouts, and Utah never did. Cam Rising must have no confidence in these wideouts. I mean, you saw it today. I don't know if it's confident. Is it confident? Chad Bumpus, the wide receiver coach, 
said he needs to get a mentality with his wideouts that they demand the ball. They're going to go out and they are going to produce and they are going to demand the ball from the quarterback. Now, what that means behind the scenes, I don't know. Does that mean Cam doesn't have confidence in him? Is the scheme so much that Ludwig is so in love with these tight ends that everything is focused on them? I I think a lot has to do that because when the game gets tight, you're going to go to where you're most comfortable with as a play caller, as a player, and where this offense is designed for the tight ends, and rightfully so. But if you become that predictable, you see what happens. You see the result. Now, there are some talented football teams in the Pac-12. We're probably not going to see the caliber of athletes no, or not. Uh, Winningham, the rest of the season. Winningham that we even saw. called that out. Winningham said this is probably the best you know, talent that we'll see all year. Well, and I mean, USC's got some great skill players, but they don't have the overall talent right now on their roster that Florida does. Florida's a top 10 recruiting class year in and year out. Yes. And there's no doubt about it. That is the most athletic and probably the biggest and the fastest team we will see, including Oregon, including USC. So right there, things look good for Utah moving forward. But the problem is you just, you've got to get these wide receivers involved in the game. Either we're recruiting dud after dud after dud at wide receiver, and these guys aren't good, or they're capable and they can make plays, and we just refuse to trust them and throw the ball to them. I think that's why we're seeing a revolving door at wide receiver coach, as we did for offensive coordinator for a number of years. I think Witt's finally landed on a guy he trusts at offensive coordinator, but he's he probably saw a deficiency in the wide receiver, or at least in the coaching of the wide receivers. And it, it needs to be elevated to get where they want to go. Well, and, and and obviously we're not coaches. We're not in practice. We don't see what Money Parks is doing. We didn't see Cope. We didn't see Jalen Dixon. We didn't see Jalen. Did Who was Jaylen listed Dixon, as a starter. Did Jalen Dixon miss the flight or something? <laughs> I don't know. Well, Vele ran his play. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> Yes, he did. He must be in the the doghouse again. But it boggles my mind that that these guys can't make plays. They can make plays. They're just never given the opportunity to do so. And yes, every coach is going to go to his strength, which is tight end right now. And that's great. Majority of of the throws if open, should go towards those guys. But they're not going to be open if you never throw to a wideout. Well, and the other thing is, how do you keep your wideouts engaged? Engaged, engaged? Yeah. You know, if they're blocking 99% of their reps, chances are they're not going to be that engaged. I'm convinced Solomon Enos is is only at Utah because somebody's holding him here against his will. <laughs> I mean, the dude never gets the ball thrown to him, and he keeps coming back. We predicted he was going to transfer for three years, and he's still here. Oh, I mean, and Money Parks, right? Kyle Winningham couldn't talk enough about him in, in spring camp. Fall camp. Well, we're going to see it. Something's got to change there. Well, maybe this was an eye-opening experience for all of, the, all of them, including Ludwig, that Maybe the game plan was to go in there. Maybe they thought they saw something that they could utilize the tight ends, and that was their game plan. And in the end, it backfired. I mean, it lost by three points in a hostile environment. It didn't completely fall apart. No, no, no. But no. and 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 again, that's just a small. We're not saying you got to throw the ball sixty times a game, right? We're saying just incorporate the wideouts oh, yeah. a little bit more because guess what? I don't think there was a defender on the field on that last play who was covering a wideout. I thought, this is going to my guy. <laughs> they just knew it. Mm-hmm. Right? And why not on second down to be safe, throw a fade to the 6'5 Vele? If he doesn't catch or it, Solomon you e- get third down. Enos has good height too. Yeah. But I think that's where you separate you know, the good teams from the great teams is that 
they can make those adjustments. They can be more than one dimensional in situations like that. And and man, I I, I myself am probably being too critical right now because I think this is game one. I think you're going to see some changes. I think I think you're going to see more guys get involved. Obviously, as the season goes on, I just think I just think man, this offense is so good. Imagine how good it could be if oh, yeah. you're spreading the ball out across the field, making all 11 defenders defend. You know what's going to happen is this week, all the receivers are going to have like 12 catches. <laughs> We're going to say, see? <laughs> Take that, Utah Tech. <laughs> all right, that'll do it for um, our review of the offense. Uh, let's jump in the defense before we do that. Let's take a quick break. All right, shifting over to the defensive side of the ball. I think Kyle said 27 missed tackles in the yeah, game. That but... is correct, my friends. <laughs> Not good, my friends. Not good at all. You don't even I don't even think you want to have 27 at the end of the season. <laughs> And I think 26 of those came in the first quarter. <laughs> I mean, th- our tackling, in the, I mean, it got a little better as the game went on. A little. But that first half, I could not believe how bad our tackling was. I mean, Van Fillinger, he could have sacked the guy twice and he just like goes and tries to like lay on him. <laughs> well, and bounces slides off of him. It was almost like he was greased up. It's yeah. like <laughs> Ellis. Both of them had him like wrapped up in the backfield, and all of a sudden they just like let him go like a greased pig, and he just took off. Yeah, it was it was tackling, and again that that uh, statement from R.J. Hubert today sounds like they had a practice that uh, probably involved a lot of tackling. <laughs> no, but a lot of credit, you know, to Anthony Richardson. I Kyle compared him to Cam Newton. He sure looked every every bit the part, both running and throwing. Yeah, he was he was good. I mean, and he had some inaccurate throws, which we kind of talked about, right? Yeah, force him to throw. But and their game plan was good, and the fact that most of their design throws were short, short that and he that they knew he could connect. Yeah, exactly. On. They and they put him in positions where he could make throws, and he he wasn't wearing the uh, the velcro the gloves. velcro glove. <laughs> velcro. The ball was actually coming out of his hand, but. Uh, <laughs> Um, no, he, he looked good. I mean, and, and people are already stating that, that he's probably going to, you know, stays healthy, has a, has a good year. He'll be a Heisman finalist just because of what he's able to do is highlight reels and all of that. And I think Utah saw that firsthand. I mean, when he, that second touchdown they had, he ran for, was it 50 some odd Man. yards? I mean, he gets out of the pocket. Dude is fast. Uh, there's no fast. one there. No, it's just he ran the whole field. It was it was not good, Bob. But uh, yeah, it's also never great when your uh, safeties are your leading tacklers. Um, that means your D line and linebackers really aren't getting the job done. No, Utah's front seven was terrible on defense. Like not to be rude, but it was they were not good. And and I sat here last week and said how dominant this defensive line is going to be. Because quite honestly, with as much experience as we have back they should be i am surprised and they may be in this conference but in the sec not so much junior tufuna one tackle total assisted in solo one tackle are you serious does it say how many missed tackles (laughs) tennessee pututau the other starting tackle two total tackles you know, I, I mean, honestly, I thought Miki Sugutraga, I thought he was looked the best at the defensive end position. Van, I, I mean, Connor O'Toole got some reps and looked really good. Jonah Connor Ellis looked was good at times too. Um, but there were some issues with the the read option with the, which guy they're oh supposed to God. take. That, okay, okay, that assignment football defensively was not good. Well. We know Utah said how how long they've been watching Florida film, right? You know with this quarterback what you're going to get. You're going to get read option. I'm really surprised how RDNs were not better prepared for this. 
because time after time, unless they were being coached to do so, and if they were, I would love an explanation as to why, why you would dive at the running back and leave that enormous fast human being all by himself on the edge. Like you've lost contain at that point. You've got nothing. That, and and that's I mean, you teach that stuff in, in little league peewee football. That's what was blowing my mind is basic assignment football that the three of us never played at a high level, but understand basic fundamentals of it. Like, why aren't they doing that? Yeah, that was shocking how bad. I mean, it was just, it was it was a lot like BYU last year, right? Where it's this cage rush. We're, we're going to make sure we keep him in a cage and he can't escape. And they're horrible at it. I mean, at that point, get aggressive. What you're doing is not working. So get after the quarterback and go to him. It was almost like, Okay, we got him. We're gonna keep him in front, and when he comes to me, I'll tackle him. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, go get the guy. In, in my mind, and granted, I'm no X's and O's guy, but in my mind, it used. If you're gonna stick with someone, you stick with the quarterback. And if he hands it off, you let the middle or the you let the linebackers and safeties come up and get him. But you don't let their quarterback, who's the athlete, go off. No, and and I mean it just goes. Kyle was pretty uh, non-complimentary to the the linebackers. That's putting it delicately. And I mean, you go to to their two point conversion, right? We talked about ours. Well, let's look at theirs. The dude, it was a busted play that he made look magical. He did. He did a. He did like a triple galuli <laughs> dance move. It was like a puree. Swing around. A pirouette? Is that what you're trying to say? No, it's it's a puree. <laughs> I mean, it's he like looked like he had a tutu on and he's just slow motion rotating around while our DNs fall on their face. Me, our two linebackers in Lander Barton and Diabate just whiff. I'm like, Diabate. This is this is your former teammate. This is your chance to lay a licking on him. Stop jumping and run through yeah, the guy. I mean, that's that's football 101. Don't jump to block the pass. Hit the dude. Yeah. I mean, Kyle, bad, the, the linebackers are taking bad angles. They were not aggressive. They were too slow. And, I mean, I guess you're going to get that with some youth, right? Lander Barton's a yeah. true freshman. Uh, Dia, uh, Diabate. First time in the program, learning learning a new offense. You think, as a two-year starter at Florida, he would have figured he some would, of that out. He was a non-factor, I mean, which he, is disappointing. He did, he did have nine total tackles, but I didn't realize that until I looked at the stat sheet because... Nothing he, stood out. He was, not, he, was, he was not standing out making plays during the game. But... That's going to come, right? Those linebackers are going to get better. This defense in general is going to get better. But I was I was quite surprised how pedestrian this defensive line even, was. Even Cole Bishop was out of position a couple of times. So I was gonna or say, looked out of position. I was going to say, I thought Cole Bishop was the bright spot of the defense. He, he, he did not miss a lot of tackles. He was pretty sure when he got there and, and finishing the tackle. But he was pretty few and far between. Maybe I'm just thinking of the play where the running back came out of the backfield and he was the one chasing him down and everybody else was running the other way that they, they ended up scoring on. I mean, and, and overall, like, the secondary was good, not great. Those guys did have a lot, you know, a decent amount of catches. Oftentimes were pretty open when they did make the catch. But I, I honestly don't have any gripes for the secondary. I thought the safeties were pretty good. I thought the, the corners were, were, were fairly good. They didn't go at Phillips. No. Other than that 50-yard run, <laughs> and he tried to tackle him at the 10 and pure, puree through it. <laughs> he was back there playing safety at that point. Yeah, he was. No, but it, again, and it was, it was the run game. It was the, it was the defensive line, and it was the linebackers who were just woof. Not a good week for Utah defense and Morgan Scally. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be a rough week for those guys. 
I do have a question. How in the world did it go unnoticed that we had a 30-year-old kicker? I did not know that until they put it on the screen. Oh, you didn't know? No. I remember, well, because he was kind of, he was just the kickoff guy, so nobody talks about the kickoff guy last year. But you think being 30 years old playing college football, that's a story. Noyce is 30 years old. No. Yes, he is. Okay, first of all, they talked about it last year in a game. And but it was kind of he's he doesn't make an impact on the team all that much, so it was not it was kind of a non story. Now he's your starter, they're gonna talk about it a little bit more. I like he the ball popped off his foot. He, I think he did a good job. I yeah. actually like the way he kicked well, right through the middle. Both of both of his field goals were pure. A 30 year old kicker as a sophomore from England, and he's not even getting the Covey treatment yet, he's older than Covey. <laughs> By quite a ways. <laughs> well, but if he was a downhill skier, <laughs> so that that was that was that your was one my, thing. That was huh? my one thing. <laughs> and, and and Bailey did Bailey did okay returning punts. Yeah, you know he looked sure-handed. He did, especially that one where he caught on the run and mm-hmm. got a few ten to fifteen yards after. That was that was good. I th- I thought he did well. And our punt, I can only remember one time we punted. Was it more than once? No, we only punted once, and it was a good punt. It was a good punt. It didn't yeah. get blocked, and it wasn't returned for a touchdown. <laughs> and they never really had any good returns in the kick game, although we couldn't get it to the end zone. I kept thinking, like, is that is this planned, or do we, we had, can we not get it to the end zone? So we had two punts. Oh, we did have two. Uh, average of forty six yards. I only remember the one, the the first rugby. That's what I remember. Uh, one was a touchback, and I didn't have one touchback. Oh, oh that's, that's right. Yeah, okay. okay. Well, you, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> I guess it's good that things like that are kind of unnoticed, and we didn't need to talk about it. It's kind of... Yeah, I mean, special teams, they... I mean, that's a win for Shaw. They didn't do anything great, but they didn't do anything horrible. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just like, nobody's talking about me. Woo-hoo. Well, every time they kept kicking the kickoff short, I was like... This is a recipe for disaster. We're going to whiff a tackle and boom, they're gone. But they, they they covered it well. No, special teams, yeah. I mean, as critical as I've been of special teams, especially last year, I thought they, they looked really good and pretty solid. All right, we can't end this game without talking about the puke <laughs> of all pukes. Holy the, crap. No, puke the, that kept on puking. The, the, the double puke. <laughs> I mean, we had we had the gift from the oh the BYU gosh. game last year. Now we got we got multiple to choose from. How oh, this much was what, this was, can one person drink? This was more violent than last year's. Maybe because it was red. I don't know, but it was. Although, I'm not. I'm not sure I've ever seen somebody so calm throwing up before. <laughs> I mean, it was like he didn't even realize he was throwing up. <laughs> like when I throw up. I, the I, entire neighborhood. I act sense. like I'm being murdered, <laughs> and he's just like, ah. He, I, I don't know. He must. It must be a pregame nerve jitter type thing because it. He came back in the game shortly after that and played. So it's just like he pukes and he's good to go. Yeah, it's just like get the nerves out, get get rid of all that excess Gatorade in his <laughs> belly, and let's go. All right, before we go into Utah and Southern Utah. You know, I kind of mentioned at the beginning about Utah kind of really having the weight of the conference on their shoulders. Oregon gets blown out by Georgia. USC beats Rice, and now they're the darlings of the they're Pac-12 the world again. beaters now. It's it's because the media wants them to be great, mm-hmm. so they will give them the benefit of the doubt every opportunity they want they can get. It's okay. It sets up a great game in October. To keep keep that keep their heads growing right did you guys see the picture of ucla's stadium oh my gosh (laughs) there was was no way there were twenty seven thousand people there the lowest attendance i i thought it was like the lowest attendance ever in ucla history and it was the 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 lowest ticket sold in like uh since like the 30s so not good. The last time there was a game in that stadium, it was packed. 
And we had another heartbreaking loss. <laughs> I just want to see the Utes win, guys. That's all I want. Well, I've spent all afternoon um, looking over and doing a little scouting on uh, the Thunderbirds, and I, I do. I've come to the realization they do play eleven guys on offense and eleven guys <laughs> on defense. They're not an eight-man football team, and we should beat them by seventy. <laughs> oh, I mean, all jokes aside, really, there's not a lot of breakdown when you play an FCS opponent. There's not much to talk about. Uh, so, you pay them and you beat them exactly. But knowing what we just saw in game one, what do you guys want to see improvement wise against an FCS opponent? Tackling, tackling, scoring every opportunity in the red zone, and give the ball to the wide receivers, and get all of your starters out by halftime because you're up forty points. It really should be forty-two to zip at halftime, and if it's not. We in the North End Zone riot. <laughs> you hear that, Harlan? Oh, and you know what? If you don't bring back the cannon, we're rioting too. <laughs> and the drums. Anything else? You guys want to bring anything else back? All right. Before we close out tonight's podcast, we are going to do our weekly picks. I will go first. I've got Utah winning easily 59 to 10. I think Utah... Oh, is it my turn? Go ahead, Scott. <laughs> well, thank you, Ryan. I think I think Utah's going to put 70 on the board. Ooh. I'm going to go 70 to 3. I just think Utah's got a message to send. To the country. To the voters. Now, hopefully we do see those improvements, especially on the defensive side of the ball, uh, with better tackling. Uh, but I, you know, I think Utah will kind of pull it back a little bit. I got Utah 41, SUU 10. That should be the halftime score. Boo, you don't believe in the Utes. Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter? At Drum and Feather. That's Drum, the letter N, Feather. And Scott? Yeah, you can find me at Uteman underscore forever. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Utah Man Podcast. At our home, UtahManPodcast.com. And anywhere to school podcast. We are there, and hopefully Utah gets a big blowout over Southern Utah University. And go Utes. Go Utes. Go Utes will be till I die. Kayai. We're good. Let's cut it. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with the University of Utah.